All right, everybody. Good afternoon. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. It's a Wednesday afternoon and uh, the start of week number five. Oh, no, week number six in the NFL. I'm losing track here, Wiz. It's moving very, very quickly. Uh, tomorrow night, we have the Philadelphia Eagles hosting the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Wiz, I, I, I you know, can't not get started here without uh, talking about some of the things that happened in, in, in week five. And, and obviously, the, the biggest one, first and foremost, uh, is what happened in Las Vegas uh, with John Gruden stepping down as uh, head coach of the Vegas Raiders. Yeah, that was just a um, that, that just happened so quickly. Uh, you know, with the uh, once the avalanche uh, started, the snowball just kept getting bigger and bigger and faster and faster. And uh, it was all she wrote for uh, for John Gruden. Um, his uh, coaching is over as far as the NFL is concerned, but uh, I think there's a, a chance in maybe a few years he'll end up somewhere coaching college football. That's how I see that going, but. Uh, yeah, it was um, it was it was just startling to see uh, how it just all ended so quickly for John Gruden, and um, it was um, you know just you can't really come back from that, and uh, you know just uh, you, yeah, at first with the one email you thought maybe, but then you kind of had your suspicions that uh, once they were looking at so many emails that there was going to be more, and uh, once that once that was shown to be the case. Um, there was just no coming back for him. Just, um, just a, a, a sad, really a sad ending. Yeah, it is a sad ending. Look, I, I've been very critical of John Gruden, and in, in, in this particular coaching stint with the Raiders, I feel like a lot of questionable decisions as a head coach has been made. Uh, but beyond that. Um, there are so many ramifications here. And for people that don't know, you know, all of this came to light as a result of the ongoing investigation for workplace, uh, you know, uh, the whole investigation around the Washington football team. And that's how this came to light. It wasn't like somebody was going after John Gruden. This just surfaced in that investigation. And, uh, you know, the more, more they peeled back the onion, the more they found, obviously, disparaging comments about DeMora Smith, uh, Michael Sam, who was the first gay player uh, drafted in the NFL, uh, derogatory comments about women, topless photos, you know, you name it. It, it was a pile on. And, and you're not going to escape that, not in this day and age. And I don't think it's like somebody was going after Gruden. I think the real shame of it is that Gruden was kind of the face of this franchise moving moving to Las Vegas, the excitement around this team. And boy, you know, they started off 3-0, and two lackluster performances. I'm sure the last week's performance had something to do with the fact that this was kind of hanging over the team. And you look, look, it's 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 a challenging situation, and it's not an easy one. Um, it's kind of ironic to me that the first outed uh, gay player in the NFL. Now, granted, we know there's been more than that, but uh, Carl Nassib uh, and, and Gruden didn't didn't hold back in terms of supporting the player. Uh, you know, a couple of months ago when that transpired, but but nonetheless, it's bad. It's ugly. It's not good. Um, look, it's a machismo sport. We know that. But at the same time, look, the world is evolving. We can't run around like cavemen. And I just think some of the stuff that came out was just, 
uh, unavoidable, and John Gruden had no choice but to step down, and the, and the Raiders need to move forward. Now, I guess the question I have for you is, and any, any further comment on some of the stuff that I talked about, feel free, but how do you kind of see the Raiders responding to this? You know, I, first thing that came to, to, to my thought was, is that, you know, wouldn't it be ever ironic in a, in a coach that's been talked about a lot, the offensive coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs, Eric Bieniemy, uh, in this division, if he was one of those guys that starts getting talked about after the season, but I'm just talking about for, for the now and then, how do you think the Raiders respond to this? Is this something for that the team will will kind of move forward and actually push forward in a positive manner, or is this something that's just going to hang over the franchise for the entirety of the year? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I mean, just for, as it relates to fantasy football season, uh, you know, John Gruden was bringing out the best in Derek Carr, so it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out and uh, and what that offense looks like. And uh, boy, the team just looked lackluster against the Bears, and uh, we'll you know we'll see how it plays out the rest of the season. Um, but uh, yeah, I think the the one player, uh, you know, Derek Carr was off to such a terrific start. Uh, before that game against the Bears this past Sunday, so we'll see how it it, it looks like what it, what it looks like going forward for the Raiders. But uh, that that Gruden Car you know combination between head coach and 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 quarterback just seemed like it was getting better and better and better. So uh, I think there's some level of concern regarding that. Yeah, look, it's a talented offense, right? You have Darren Waller, top two tight end, top three tight end in the league, as you mentioned. Carr got off the two a terrific start. Not exactly the strongest running game in the league with the with kind of a makeshift offensive line, but they found a way to use Hunter Renfro this year, and we've been very happy about that in leagues that we have him. Henry Ruggs is definitely getting to be more a part of the offense every once in a while. He's sprinkled in Brian Edwards. It's just, yeah, it's really, it, it remains to be seen how the team responds to what happened. Yeah, that's, uh, well, you know, it's yeah, only, only time will tell and, uh, it could go one of two ways, and uh, you know, just just you have to just just you wait and see. But uh, certainly, I would have a, a level of concern regarding Carr and that Raiders offense as well. Oh, yeah, Wiz, I, I just want to touch on a couple of things about Week Five. Um, look, injuries are piling up. Uh, I think there's one thing that we want to talk about when when a player goes down. In some instances, it's not very clear who the backup will be. I think we're looking at that, how that's shaped up in Chicago this past week with both Khalil Herbert and Damian Williams becoming kind of like 1A and 1B. Uh, And I think we may see the same thing, especially if Kansas City ends up pulling off a trade with Clyde Edwards-Alaire off. I think it's something to watch. Um, You can't be so quick in some situations. There's not an immediate handcuff. I just thought that was worth mentioning. And the other thing it was, are we at the point now where the Kansas City Chiefs are becoming a major concern, and, and not just the Chiefs. Uh, there are other few other players in the league that are off to really, really slow starts. But, uh, you know, there is, to me, watching the Chiefs, I, I don't know what's going on with this offense. I guess teams are defending them differently. They certainly took away Tyreek Hill down the field this past week. That's the Buffalo Bills. But I, I think it's growing concern you know, for people that spend a high draft pick or spent a lot of money on, a, on, on Patrick Mahomes. The, the production has just not been there, and I'm not sure that I see this turning around immediately. Yeah, they've looked a little disjointed. Um, but, you know, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't write them off so quickly or, you know, think that they can't turn it around. Uh, there, there's been some mistakes there. I'm always dubious of a team going into the following season when they've had a Super Bowl loss. Uh, it just the stats bear that out, that it just, you know – 
the Atlanta Falcons just seem never to recover from that loss to the Patriots. And uh, it just seems uh, last year, the 49ers, after their loss to the Chiefs. So it just seems like when you lose that Super Bowl, the stats bear out that, you know, the upcoming season could be a little difficult. But Kansas City has a lot of talent, um, obviously. So, uh, you know, we'll see. But there, there's a lot of concern because they really can't stop anybody. Um, so I'm interested to see what happens against the Washington football team, uh, a team that's really hurting as well. So uh, uh, there is a level of concern. And uh, right now I would not put Kansas City as one of the top three teams, even the AFC. So uh, we'll see if they could turn it around. But there are a lot of holes in their game right now. Uh, let me ask you this too, Wiz. You know, player, you know, this year, I think coming into the season, uh, arguably a player like Stefan Diggs was was either number two or number three in terms of receivers, and and he's you know look the spreading around on that offense where. Dawson Knox has become a bigger part of the offense. Emmanuel Sanders has as well. And if you've invested that kind of money or the high draft pick in, in someone like Stefan Diggs, you know, here we are five weeks on and it's a really, you know, very lackluster production. Is that a player that, you know, maybe you see start moving around in trades as a result of people becoming impatient on that? Yeah, you know, I was talking about Robert Woods. I think, you know, he's a guy that, you know, people should have not panicked, and hopefully they didn't panic. Uh, I was telling JB, who is in one of your leagues, uh, that from time to time I get some assistance to, that, you know, just got to, you know, stay with it. He'll be fine. And I I think the same thing will hold for true for uh, Diggs as well. Um, They've been spreading the ball out, and they've been doing a nice job with that, and uh, they've been successful. But uh, I'm I'm still expecting Diggs to, um, um, you know, from this point on, you know, have some big, big games. Uh, I think whenever you have players that are just becoming more – part of the offense uh it's good to get them involved and they're doing that with those players but at the end of the day uh, i think you could rely on Diggs to uh be that wide receiver one that he was uh, projected to be all right fantastic all right so let, let's get into um waiver wire picks for this week uh you know we mentioned injuries and, and definitely teams are taking full advantage of that IR rule where players are able to sit out for three games and then come back. Uh, We thought that would happen. It's definitely happening with a a lot of consistency. This is the first week of the season, Wiz, where we're going to see teams on buys, uh, which we haven't seen yet. So you have to start navigating that sort of thing. So so why don't you kick it off? uh, Anybody, a quarterback that you may be looking at on, on, on the waiver wires this week? It all depends on how deep your league is. Uh, Geno Smith looked look strong, um, you know, when he filled in for Russell Wilson. So I know he's a player that, especially in uh, super flex leagues, that people are going to be going after. So, um, you know, guys like guys like him, uh, I think, you know, be interesting because anytime you have uh, a duo like Lockett, and Metcalf, you know, it always makes the quarterback interesting, and they haven't really brought anyone in to challenge Geno Smith. So uh, just along with the usual suspects, I think Geno Smith is someone to keep your eye on. Yeah, I just mentioned uh, there's one of these leagues, Wiz, where I'm actually just kind of streaming quarterbacks as we kind of go along here. And one thing I did this week, um, again, not as deep a league. It's a 12-team league, so and you don't have to carry more than two quarterbacks if you don't want to. Uh, but the one guy I picked up for a matchup with, with a bye week is, is Tyler Henneke this week uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs, who have been able to stop nobody uh, with their defense. 
And I'm just, you know, you mentioned that game. It, it's just it's just an option that I'm thinking about. I'm probably going to put them out there this week. I think it'll be a game where they're potentially playing from behind. And uh, I like his moxie in these type of games. And uh, it's, it's a player that I'm actually going to be streaming in a few leagues. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind that. But the way Kansas City's been playing, who knows if they'll actually be playing from behind. They need, they need to be playing with a lead in that game uh, if Kansas City's defense uh, plays poor again. So, yeah, but I, I don't mind that with the skilled players they have um, in that kind of matchup. Um, so, yeah, I, I certainly don't mind Heineke this week. All right, so let's move to running back. Uh, we know Saquon Barkley was hurt last week uh, in that game. Uh, I mentioned Khalil Herbert because uh, I think he's the guy that's you – know, everybody went after Damian Williams, but I think Khalil Herbert will be available in some leagues. Obviously, Devontae Booker uh, in place of, uh, in place of um, Barkley – I talked about Clyde Edwards-Alaire being out. Uh, I think it'll be interesting because I, I, I envision uh, Jarek McKinnon becoming a little bit bigger part of this offense. Uh, and, and then the last guy I want to mention, and I know you've talked about I know you own him in a couple of leagues. Damian Harris is a little banged up. Ramondre Stevenson was active last week. Uh, it's a player that I've been very curious about as well. I've picked him up in a few leagues. And then the last guy, Wiz, I wanted to mention, Jeff Wilson Jr. Uh, looks like if you've rostered him recently, Looks like it's going to be a little bit longer before he comes back. End of November targeting that. Yeah, Hasty, I think, will be back before, um, uh, you know, he'll, he may be back first, actually, out of the guys that hurt. Um, yeah, I don't mind any of the guys you mentioned. Uh, Darrell Williams is just a guy that Kansas City trusts. I think McKinnon will kind of be mixed in there uh, as well. Uh, and if you're playing PPR leagues, he's interesting. I think Darrell Williams getting the majority of the carries is um, is very, very interesting. Uh, I assume Booker is going to be the lead guy with the Giants, but from the week to week, you're never quite sure what they're going to do. He got he, it was basically all him after Barkley got hurt, but in, in weeks prior to that, uh, they, they made uh, Booker inactive in a game, so it, it, it's kind of strange what they've done you know, behind Barkley, but I guess he's the lead guy there. So uh, Herbert, I think, is going to just continue to play well. Um, you know, he, he's a guy that I like, and I think he could, you know, be in a full-fledged timeshare with Damian Williams. So, yeah, and, uh, and I mentioned on the podcast that somehow I think Ramondre Stevenson is going to make his way to the top of the running back depth chart, uh, and I think he's on his way to doing that. Uh, another crucial fumble by Damian Harris, um, getting the ball punched out as he was crossing the goal line. I mean... You're just going to be sitting next to Belichick if you just keep fumbling the ball like that. So um, he was in the doghouse and he kind of like, you know, made his way out and was really well on his way. Then another fumble and then he got injured. So we'll have to see how it, how it plays out. But all of those guys you mentioned, interesting, Darrell Williams would be a priority pickup for me at running back this week, though. All right. Fantastic. Uh, you want to take on receiver here? Yeah, Kadarius Tony. <laughs> I mean, he's the guy that I think has probably been forgotten about and is available in most leagues. And uh, it looked like he's healthy and he looked great. He, you know, Glennon came in there and um, he he was just terrific. That was an, an incredible performance. And a lot of those giant receivers are hurt and he could do things that the other receivers really can do in terms of his play in the slot. Um so Kadarius Tony for me is a guy that I feel is uh, way out in front of everyone else as far as wide receiver free agent pickups for week six. 
Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I, I did see, Wiz, in, in a few of these kind of ESPN stats and CBS stats where Rondell Moore's ownership actually dropped a bit. Now, last week, uh, we know Chase Evans was banged up, and they got they got more a little bit more involved in the offense this past week. But, again, not a player in most leagues that I, sh- I think should be on your waiver wires, but I did notice that the ownership did drop down. I'm going to mention one other guy, Wiz. I picked him up last week in our, in our league in the Bronx, but Amron St. Brown, uh, Cephas is out for the year now. I know Tyrell Williams is coming back, but the security blanket in the slot, it looks like it's going to be that very consistent throughout the year. And I think two games in a row where the players had production, over eight targets each week, I think a player that warrants some attention for a team that's going to be playing from behind a lot. Yeah, it's really, you know, things have aligned perfectly for that player. I mean, Cephas is out for the year. Williams has been hurt. TJ Hawkinson has been hurt. So a lot of target shares going to St. Brown, and he's capitalized that. And uh, there's no reason to think that that's not going to continue going forward. Uh, and one more play I'm going to throw at you is um, we know Sammy Watkins got hurt, even though Duvernay and Prochet have play- played okay for for uh for Baltimore at times this year. Uh, but Rashad Bateman, uh, the number one draft pick of the Baltimore Ravens, looks like he's ready to come off. Uh, is that a player you'd be taking a stab at in some leagues where he is available? Yeah, I like Rashad Bateman. I think um, he can be the best receiver on that on that team. I know Marquise Brown has, has you know, been, been playing well and had a great game um, this past Monday night. But Bateman's a guy that they took so early and uh, – He's a, a skilled player and can just do things that none of the other receivers on the Ravens can do. Uh, so I'm looking forward to you know him getting on the field and seeing what he can do. And I think uh, the Watkins hamstring injury may really open the door for Bateman to get in there right away. All right, fantastic. All right, so let's uh, let's move over to uh, to tight end. And I mentioned bye week, so players like Kyle Pitts will not be available this week. Uh, the Niners are off, but Kittle is hurt anyway. Looks like Goddard is dealing with COVID, so he's not going to be active. So this may be a week where people are going to be looking at streaming tight ends. And, you know, the names that I have on my list, Wiz, uh, just from a target share and how I kind of expect that game to go uh, get Kansas City, Washington. But Ricky Seals-Jones was right in there getting a lot of targets in that ball game. Dan Arnold has immediately been, you know, entrenched into that offense in Jacksonville. And I don't think Zach Ertz should be available in leagues, but if he is, definitely a guy that you want to look at for this week. Those are three guys on my list, Wiz, uh, in terms of streaming tight ends. Yeah, I'll throw another in there. A guy that just looks so impressive every time you see him play and he, he just produces is Moali Cox from the Colts. I'm sure he's available in just about all leagues. And I don't know why he doesn't get a real a chance to really see what he could do and and, and, and play um, and, and have extended playing time. It just seems like he's not on the field sometimes and, um, and he's a forgotten guy, but he is big, he's fast, he's athletic, and uh, he looks like a wide receiver and he's a big, big guy. So I, I keep an eye on Molly, Molly Cox and see what kind of usage he's getting with the Colts, but certainly he's someone to keep your eye on. Yeah, and I think, you know, Jack Doyle is Jack Doyle, right? Not the greatest hands in the world, a good blocker, no question about it, plotting, plotting speed. They've tried to inject a little bit Kyla Granson in this offense, but I agree with you. You know, former basketball player Mole Cox, another former basketball player two weeks in a row, a guy I drafted in one league, but I gave up on him relatively quickly after the first couple of weeks. But Donald Parham, two touchdowns in consecutive weeks, also a monster out there at six foot eight. I would love to see him get more opportunities, but that's going to probably have to wait a little bit longer. 
absolutely. Uh, some interesting guys in uh, the tight end position. We've been talking about it really all spring and summer. Um, deep and uh, a lot of guys who even on the waiver wire are producing as well. All right, great, a fantastic job, and let's uh, let's get into the Thursday night football game now. Wiz, uh, as I mentioned, the the Eagles will be hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, Eagles coming off that big win against Carolina. Uh, Tom Brady dismantled the Miami Dolphins last week, although it's looking like he's got a, a bandaged up thumb uh, coming off an injury. Just uh, for people out there, uh, statistically, Tom Brady is twelve and three. Um, oh, sorry, 13-3 and three in 16 Thursday night ball games. Uh, so if you're wondering what he's done, he's averaged about 275 yards passing, 33 touchdowns in those 16 games. Just from a statistical perspective, a little history on Tom Brady on Thursday nights. So, Wiz, uh, the line right now, 6.5 was the last I saw it, the over-under 53. Uh, any interest in this particular ball game? Yeah, as far as the side in total, I, I have nothing clever to say. I have n- no view or strong opinion on it. As the season goes on, you know, we we have five weeks under our belt as far as the NFL season goes. It becomes more and more difficult to forecast the extent of what a player's, you know, injury is, how much they're going to use them on a short week, especially with these, some of, you know, the other veteran team. So as far as the side in total, there's nothing that stands out to me. The line is right. I feel that the, the, the Tampa Bay Bucks should be around a six, seven point favorite and the under and over is right to me as well. But as far as uh, doing anything with the side of total, it's a complete pass for me. I don't know about you. Yeah, I'm, I'm passing on it as well. I kind of concur with your thoughts. Um, just don't have a real warm and fuzzy feeling uh, about it and how it's gonna how it's gonna play out. Uh, I think you have a Tampa Bay Buccaneer defense which is struggling against the pass with a, with a ton of injuries. Eagles are actually one of the top three teams in the league in in, in pass defense. Uh, so it'll be interesting against this uh, very talented group of receivers how that plays out. So, but let's let's get into into the prop side of things, Wiz. Um, player props that is. Uh, and one thing was, you know, which seems to be very consistent almost week in and week out is when you're trying looking at the uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneer receivers, each and every week they're kind of lumped in together. And, you know, I took a closer look. So Antonio Brown missed one game because of COVID. So in three of the four games, he's kind of eclipsed that 65 yard mark. Uh, in four of five games, both uh, Chris Godwin and uh, Mike Evans have eclipsed that kind of 65 level where all those three players uh, are ranked in terms of this week. I just thought that was worth mentioning. I find it very difficult to forecast each game, how these guys are going to perform, but Brady has made sure he's gotten the ball to each of those guys. I I thought that was kind of worth mentioning. I actually have two prop bets. They're both on the Eagles side. I don't have anything on the uh, Tampa Bay side, but I just, it was one of the the things, if you're looking at prop bets, I thought I'd highlight those uh, particular stats uh, for so far this season. Yeah, it seems, you know, he, he does like to spread the ball around. I, I've noticed when when teams play Tampa Bay, they really have put their best guy on Mike Evans um, and they kind of like mix and match and maybe play some zone against the other guys. Um, but Eagles kind of play a uh, cover two defense, so we'll see how that works out. Uh, the game tomorrow, but I'm I'm with you. I do not have any prop plays on the Tampa Bay side. I have three prop plays. They're all on the Eagles side. So you have two. I have three. We haven't discussed. Let's see if there are any 
against each other or uh, hopefully we're on the same side. Um, we haven't discussed it, but go ahead and name your two that you like. Okay, so um, I think we've seen this before when it comes to running quarterbacks against Tampa Bay, despite this being one of the better rush defenses in the league. And I think Miles Sanders and Kenneth Gainwell will have a tough time running the ball against this team. But that doesn't mean Jalen Hurts is not going to take off. So I look at those yards at 43 and a half. I like the over for Jalen Hurts yards, 43 and a half. And in addition to that, I talked about the secondary from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers being busted up. The lines actually started moving already. It was at 71 and a half uh, initially, uh, but Devonta Smith has been pretty consistent thus far this year. And with the beaten down secondary of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I'm taking the over for Devonte uh, Smith, 72 and a half currently. It was opened at 71 and a half when I looked at it. With. So those are my two prop bets. What are your three? Yeah, my three are all on the Eagles side, and they're neither with what you're saying nor against uh, your picks. They're completely different, and I'm just going by the trends of what's happened. So the first one is the Tampa Bay Bugs defense has given up at least two passing touchdowns to the five quarterbacks they faced. So I'm going to make it six in a row. I'm going Jalen Hurts over one and a half touchdown passes. The Tampa Bay Bucks defense have given up at least 27 or more completions in the five games they've played. So I am going over Jalen Hurts, 25 and a half completions. And another one that I just absolutely love is Levante David, who is one of the best cover linebackers in the NFL, is going to miss this game. Uh, that secondary is a mess. That middle is going to be Wide open all day for Zach Hurts. Dallas Goddard is going to miss the game. That means a very, very high snap count for Zach Hurts. Zach Hurts over four and a half receptions. I'm loving that one. And um, going Hurts over touchdown passes. I'm going to go Zach Hurts over receptions. I'm going to go Jalen Hurts over completions as well. Those are my three prop plays for the Thursday night football game. You know, it's funny. I love Zach Hurts last week. It didn't pan out in that particular game. uh, But I can't disagree with you in this one, especially with no Dallas Goddard. I, I think by all accounts, he would have to pass. Uh, two COVID tests, uh, two negatives in a row. And uh, in a short period of time, it's probably going to be very unlikely that happens. So I, I think that makes a heck of a lot of sense, Wiz. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I'm just going by what's taken place in the first five weeks. And uh, I just feel pretty good about that. And, you know, it, it, just when you play Tampa Bay, I think teams have just realized you can run the ball against them. So I just feel there's going to be a lot of passing in the game, a lot of short passes. And without their best cover linebacker, that middle of the field, I just think is going to be wide open for a lot of completions. And if their defense is playing tough against the run, uh, then I just feel there's going to be a lot of passing attempts. So uh, I think my plays all go hand in hand with each other. We'll see how it plays out. And uh, hopefully it'll be a continuing week six um, in fantasy football prop plays and wagers uh, uh, because the first five weeks have been uh, terrific so far. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. All right, so let's move over to to the DraftKings slate, Wiz, for the, the, the one uh... – the, the one uh, one game uh, play uh, any any special plays that you're looking at in this particular ball game yeah I'm just gonna um I, I'm gonna just play I'm gonna start every one of my lineups with Zach Ertz and Jalen Hurts um, I'm just gonna stack those two players and then I'm just gonna put mix and match in 
with the other four players. Um, but those two players are going to be my mainstay. I just feel like, um, you know, a lot of people are going to be on Brady and Evans and all of that stuff. I'm going to be going the other way. I'm going to be stacking Jalen Hurts and Zach Hurts together in all of my drafting lineups uh, for the showdown game tomorrow and then play uh, as many mix and matches with some off-the-radar type guys. That's how you can make a big hit on DraftKings. It's one of those other guys that a lot of people uh, don't play and you have ownership leverage with. Do something. So that's my plan of attack. Uh, Ertz and, and uh Hurts and hurts, and then I'll go from there. Yeah, I don't disagree. And, and if, if the game plays out the way I think it's going to play out as well, I think Gainwell could be an interesting one. I think he's like 3600 bucks. Uh, you know, maybe he goes – last week he had a quiet week in terms of touches, but the week prior, if you remember, he really caught a lot of footballs. Uh, I think you could see that same type of pattern in this particular ball game. Maybe even somebody like a Kez Watkins down the field again against this beaten-down secondary just some interesting names to throw out. I, I don't think there's a lot of surprises coming on the uh, on the Philad- uh, sorry on the Tampa Bay side, at least uh, as far as I'm concerned. Just one player that I, I'm, I may throw in. I'm, I'm going to throw in him in a few of my lineups. Is you know with Gronk missing the game. I'm going to put OJ Howard in there. Uh, I know you know. The playing time was kind of even with the two players uh, last week between Brady and O.J. Howard, but he's just one of these guys where he could have one of those games, and if he pops and he makes a big catch and has a long touchdown, uh, that can make the difference for a big, big hit. So uh, the one player on Tampa Bay that I'm going to sprinkle in that people have kind of just completely forgotten about, I'm going to use O.J. Howard from Tampa Bay. Uh, Yeah, he has been forgotten about, and I think rightfully so. He's been a major disappointment in terms of both his play and concentration and injuries, so a, a, a definite player that would be under the radar as far as uh, fantasy circles and DraftKings circles uh, are concerned. So, yeah, that's all That's all I have on this game, Wiz. Any further comments? Um, no, no further comments. All, all good. All right, so wish us, uh, wish you well. Uh, wish, wish both of us well this week in, in the Thursday ones. We'll be back on Friday with the full slate of uh, – both our game wagers and our player props and, and DraftKings will come back later in the week with those. But uh, looking forward to the game tomorrow night. I wish you a good evening, Wiz. Well done, as always. Uh, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud. Make sure you're subscribing. Very, very high success rate so far, especially Wiz, which I think you're around 73 74%, something astounding. So keep up the good work. I'm hovering around 55%. Not a bad job, but uh, Wiz is on fire. Have a good night, everybody. You too.